0: One and all, and welcome to the Womance Public Access Read Along of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. My name is Morgan and I read the odd chapters around here. My name is Isabel and I do the even ones. And this week we are reading chapter 31. Bow, 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 bow. Isabel, could you please remind everyone about what happened in chapter 30?
1: Uh, we denigrated the memory of John Lennon as a spousal <laughs> abuser. We wished a happy birthday and to And child Jane. abuser. And child abuser. <laughs> we wished a happy birthday to one Jane Austen. And Mr. Darcy showed back up with his kind of not hot, but super gentlemanly cousin, Colonel Fitzwilliam.
0: Uh, rewatching the famous miniseries, Colonel Fitzwilliam is hunky in that. hmm some might say, me, hotter than Colin Firth.
1: Oh man, that's a take. I feel like that'll get you cut in some circles.
0: I'm not much of a Colin Firth head.
1: You don't like his mop of unruly curls?
0: Who's on Firth? Not me. <laughs> that's a great joke.
1: That's good. That's good. is definitely worth the price of admission.
0: Thank you. Well, we better get started on chapter 31. Let's quit while we're ahead and then get started on something else. Okay. Chapter 31. Colonel Fitzwilliam's manners were very much admired at the parsonage, and the ladies all felt that he must add considerably to the pleasure of their engagements at Rosings. It was some days, however, before they received any invitation thither— For while there were visitors in the house, they could not be necessary. And it was not till Easter Day, almost a week after the gentleman's arrival, that they were honored by such an attention. And then they were merely asked on leaving church to come there in the evening. For the last week, they had seen very little of either Lady Catherine or her daughter. Colonel Fitzwilliam had called at the parsonages more than once during that time. But Mr. Darcy, they had only seen at church. Hmm. The invitation was accepted, of course, and at a proper hour, they joined the party in Lady Catherine's drawing room. Her ladyship received them civilly, but it was plain that their company was by no means so acceptable as when she could get nobody else. Yikes. And she was, in fact, almost engrossed by her nephews, speaking to them, especially to Darcy, much more than to any other person in the room. Colonel Fitzwilliam seemed really glad to see them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Betty is.
0: Anything was a welcome relief to him at Rosings, and Mrs. Collins' pretty friend had moreover caught his fancy very much. He now seated himself by her and talked so agreeably of Kent and Hertfordshire, of traveling and staying at home, of new books and music, that Elizabeth had never been half so well entertained in that room before. "'and they converse with so much spirit and flow "'as to draw the attention of Lady Catherine herself, "'as well as of Mr. Darcy. "'His eyes had been soon and repeatedly turned towards them "'with a look of curiosity, "'and that her ladyship after a while shared the feeling "'was more openly acknowledged, "'for she did not scruple to call out. "'What is it that you're saying, Fitzwilliam? "'What is it you are talking of? "'What are you telling Mrs. Bennet? "'Let me hear what it is.' We are speaking of music, madam, said he, when no longer able to avoid a reply. (laughs) Of music? Then pray speak aloud. It is of all subjects my delight. I must have my share in the conversation if you are speaking of music. There are few people in England, I suppose, who have more true enjoyment of music than myself, or a better natural taste. If I had ever learned, I should have been a great proficient "'And so would Anne, if her health had allowed her to apply. "'I am confident that she would have performed delightfully. "'How does Georgiana get on, Darcy?' "'Mr. Darcy spoke with affectionate praise of his sister's proficiency. "'I am very glad to hear such a good account of her,' said Lady Catherine. "'And pray tell her from me that she cannot expect to excel "'if she does not practice a great deal.' I assure you, madam, he replied, that she does not need such advice. She practices very constantly. So much the better. It cannot be done too much, and when I next write to her, I shall charge her not to neglect it on my account. I often tell young ladies that no excellence in music is to be acquired without constant practice. I have told Miss Bennet several times and she that she will never play really well unless she practices more. And though Mrs. Collins has no instrument, she is very welcome, as I have often told her, to come to Rosings every day and play on the piano forte in Mrs. Jenkinson's room. She would be in nobody's way, you know, in that part of the house. <laughs> Mr. Darcy looked a little ashamed of his aunt's ill breathing and made no answer when coffee was over colonel fitzwilliam reminded elizabeth of having promised to play to him and she sat down directly to the instrument he drew a chair near her lady catherine listened to half a song and then talked as before to her other nephew till the latter walked away from her and, moving with his usual deliberation toward the pianoforte, stationed himself so as to command a full view of the fair performer's countenance. Elizabeth saw what he was doing, and at the first convenient pause, turned to him with an arch smile and said, "'You mean to frighten me, Mr. Darcy, by coming in all this state to hear me? But I will not be alarmed, though your sister does play so well. There is a stubbornness about me that never can bear to be frightened at the will of others.' My courage always rises with every attempt to intimidate me. I shall not say that you are mistaken, he replied, because you could not really believe me to entertain any design of alarming you. And I have had the pleasure of your acquaintance long enough to know that you find great enjoyment in occasionally professing opinions which in fact are not your own. Mm-hmm. Oh, Elizabeth laughed heartily at this picture of herself. Oh. <laughs> She's like, dude, I only have opinions that belong to me. (laughs) And said to Colonel Fitzwilliam, your cousin will give you a very pretty notion of me and teach you not to believe a word I say. I am particularly unlucky in meeting with a person so well able to expose my real character in a part of the world where I had hoped to pass myself off with some degree of credit. Indeed, Mr. Darcy, it is very ungenerous in you to mention all that you knew to my disadvantage in Hertfordshire." And give me leave to say, very impolitic, too, for it is provoking me to retaliate, and such things may come out as will shock your relations to hear. (laughs) I'm not afraid of you, he said, smiling. Pray, let me hear what you have to accuse him of, cried Colonel Fitzwilliam. I should like to know how he behaves among strangers. You shall hear then, but prepare yourself for something very dreadful. The first time of my ever seeing him in Hertfordshire, you must know, was at a ball. And at this ball, what do you think he did? He danced only four dances. I am sorry to pain you, but so it was. He danced only four dances, though gentlemen were scarce, and to my certain knowledge, more than one young lady was sitting down in want of a partner. Mr Darcy, you cannot deny the fact. I had not at that time the honor of knowing any lady in the assembly beyond my own party. (laughs) True, and nobody can ever be introduced in a ballroom. Well, Colonel Fitzwilliam, what do I play next? My fingers wait your orders. Perhaps, said Darcy. I should have judged better, had I sought an introduction, but I am ill-qualified to recommend myself to strangers. Shall we ask your cousin the reason of this? said Elizabeth, still addressing Colonel Fitzwilliam. "'Shall we ask him why a man of sense and education "'who has lived in the world "'is ill-qualified to recommend himself to strangers?' Wait. "'I can answer your question,' said Fitzwilliam. "'Without applying to him, "'it is because he will not give himself the trouble.' I certainly have not the talent which some people possess, said Darcy, of conversing easily with those I have never seen before. I cannot catch their tone of conversation or appear interested in their concerns, as I often see done. (laughs) My fingers, said Elizabeth, do not move over this instrument in the masterly manner which I see so many women's do. They have not the same force or rapidity, and they do not produce the same expression, but then I have always supposed it to be my own fault." Because I would not take the trouble of practicing. It is not that I do not believe my fingers as capable as any other woman's of superior execution. Darcy smiled and said, You are perfectly right. You have employed your time much better. No one admitted to the privilege of hearing you can think anything wanting. We neither of us perform to strangers. Hmm. Here, they were interrupted by Lady Catherine, who called out to know what they were talking of. Elizabeth immediately began playing again. Lady Catherine approached, and after listening for a few minutes, said to Darcy, Miss Bennet would not play at all amiss if she practised more, and could have the advantage of a London master. She has a very good notion of fingering, though her taste is not equal to Anne's. Anne would have been a delightful performer, had her health allowed her to learn. Elizabeth looked at Darcy to see how cordially he assented to his cousin's praise. But neither at that moment nor at any other could she discern any symptom of love. And from the whole of his behavior to De Berg, she derived this comfort for Miss Bingley that he might have been just as likely to marry her had she been his relation. Lady Catherine continued her remarks on Elizabeth's performance, mixing with them many instructions on execution and taste. Elizabeth received them with all the forbearance of of civility, and at the request of the gentlemen remained at the instrument till her ladyship's carriage was ready to take them all home. So much fun. Very game for it. Colonel Fitzwilliam sounds like a lot of fun. He also seems to be like a really good wingman. And also seems to... Uh, be a convenient fence for Lizzie and her feelings. I think both things can be true at once. You think he's uh, wingmanning? You don't think he has a crush on Lizzie himself? He is sitting awfully close to her and, like,
1: drawing the notice of Catherine and Darcy.
0: Yeah. I just think he's sitting awfully close to her at the piano that I imagined in my mind. (laughs) I love this repartee. I think it's so funny. Yeah. Ooh.
1: That whole no one can be introduced in a ballroom and, like, you know, prepare yourself for something dreadful. He didn't dance with any of the girls except for in his own party. Like, there's so much there that's, like, all of it's true and all of it's funny. And then, like, Darcy meets her jocular comments with vulnerability, right? Like, he says, I don't easily do the thing that I see other people do. Which is, like, catch other people's tone and care about their
0: interests. Like, he's like, I'm not going to pretend. Yeah. Pretend to care. He's he's assured that everyone else is pretending as well.
1: Right. Absolutely. That no one, like, is into what people are saying. And Lizzie affirms that. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And she's like, well, you practice. Right? Like... (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think it's interesting that you said Lizzie was being jocular. I think she's being quite acerbic. I think she's being quite passive aggressive. Like, I think all of her jocularity is, like, covering up a pretty big hurt. Like, the example she talks about is when she first meets him, right? She's one of the women who isn't invited to dance, and he says she's not even cute. Not pretty enough to tempt me. Yeah, no, absolutely. She's being super passive-aggressive. But, like, this is... Cutting... She's trying to cut off the conversation and bring back in Colonel Fitzwilliam so that Darcy can't say anything mm-hmm. in response. But Darcy mm-hmm. is fairly confident, in fact, now that he knows Lizzie. Yeah, that he gets her humor. And that he's... uh Well, that he can, like, interject himself and, like, make himself known. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem as afraid of her which i think is cowing her because i think she wants to cow him i
1: think she wants to make him ashamed of his behavior in front of his cousin i think she wants to be like what you did was wrong here's my pretty much only way of saying it publicly to you in a way that can be conceived of as funny right and this is what i mean like what i was talking about in the last episode like this feels very much like a lizzie bennett moment tmtm right where she's like playing the piano she's having a nice conversation with fitzwilliam and then darcy comes over and is like hey girl what's up and she's like Mm-mm. Mm-mm. i don't think she's getting away with it i think she's showing her whole ass <laughs> and darcy's just meeting her in vulnerability and like niceness
0: yeah yeah
1: i think i like i see that interpretation
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I also, I think it's interesting that you made the distinction that he, she wants to embarrass him, but you don't think he, she wants to cow him. mm Can you, like, can you tell me what that distinction? I mean, can you tell me the distinction that you see between cowing
1: and embarrassment? Like, what, like-
0: I No, I would think they would be the same thing. Like, being cowed would be, like, to be kind of, like, bowled over and, like... Mm-hmm rendered speechless or like without made uncomfortable right Mm -hmm. um and so when you made the distinction about i don't think she wants to cow him i think she wants to embarrass him in front of his cousin i'm curious about what what your feeling was it's the in front of the cousin part like there's
1: an audience Mm -hmm. here right like lizzie is performing she's performing for Fitzwilliam. And so, like, I think she can cow Darcy and, like, wants to in private and, like, would take that opportunity just as much. But I think there's something special about having Fitzwilliam there where she, like, wants to do it in this particular way. ...to embarrass Darcy in front of, like, or to, like, have one of them experience the embarrassment. And, like, ideally Darcy, but also, like, Fitzwilliam seems much more socially, like, adept. So, like, he would get what she was saying, even if Darcy doesn't.
0: Yeah, so you think her strategy is to get Fitzwilliam to be upset with Darcy and that that would affect Darcy. More than, like, Darcy hearing her words and being moved by her
1: mere opinion... I think it's for both, right? Like, Darcy doesn't see anything wrong with what he did, and now he's just providing further context. I think she thinks that Fitzwilliam would be more sympathetic to her version of this.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, like, yeah, I, I think she comes across as, like, very anxious in this exchange. Anxious? She, Yeah, she does not seem at ease. I, the example I would provide... True, and nobody can ever be introduced in a ballroom. She does not let it breathe. She does not want to give him the chance to respond. Anxious. Well, Colonel Fitzwilliam. She directs her attention to someone else. What do I play next? My fingers wait your orders. Darcy does respond, and she says, shall we ask your cousin the reason of this? (laughs) Like, she's trying to cut him off. Anxious, anxious, anxious. Folks out there, if you're going to diss somebody... You got to let it breathe. You got to show, you got to give them space then to grab the rope you just gave them. If you, if you don't, then you're being a little chicken and you're showing people like Morgan <laughs> how how scared you are of <laughs> the interaction. Oh. Yeah. I think I think because she keeps trying to like cut it off and redirect everything to his cousin, use his cousin as like a fence I think she's I think she's quite anxious I think she's also being vulnerable right she's also saying like well this is why you suck and (laughs) there was that time there were lots of ladies you know like she doesn't and she doesn't want to mention she doesn't mention to Fitzwilliam that she was one of the women who wasn't dancing like if you just heard her account of it you could assume like She was up there shaking a leg just with somebody else.
1: I mean, she says, I know from personal, like,
0: the line, what does she say? Like, I know for like a... To my certain knowledge, more than one young lady was sitting down in want of a partner.
1: To my certain knowledge, right? And like, I think the way to read that is
0: like... It's hedging. To me, that's hedging.
1: But I wonder, like, how someone at the time would have read it. Where it's like, that feels very obvious to me that she's like, I know for certain. I was like, okay, it you, right? Like, the the certainty is me. We, like, we know it's her. We know because we're the readers.
0: right? Right. And I think that would definitely be the experience of any reader in the era. So I think you're saying, like, if someone was actually in that room hearing this dialogue in that era would they hear, to my certain knowledge, and be like, oh, that means it was you? I, like, but I think that would
1: depend on the person, right? Like,
0: if you said, to my certain knowledge,
1: like, Mr. Right. Collins and Catherine de Bourgh and Darcy would be like, oh, you were there and you saw. And then someone with, like, more emotional intelligence, right. Jane, Lizzie, or Fitzwilliam, would be like, it's you. You, you, think,
0: it? you think she said that with the intention of, tell, of letting Fitzwilliam know that she was left out? Yeah. I'm not so sure. I think she. I think she's a little shy. I think she's a little embarrassed. I think she's a little defensive in this exchange, which is a difference because I feel like earlier in the book, Darcy was very much the one who had his guard up, curious mm-hmm. but afraid, mm-hmm. and Lizzie was the one at ease. And I think, I think the tables have turned. Like I think there is special significance to the way she's actually delivering her one liners. Maybe. I mean, she's out of she's out of her depth,
1: right? Like Rosings isn't her space. She doesn't even really have any allies here other than Charlotte. He's like And she's kind of been a miserable asshole for a while. And she's been like building up a confrontation with Darcy in her mind for a long time.
0: Or just, like, yeah. And maybe even, like, not helpfully a confrontation with Darcy, just, like, talking shit about him to... Wickham. Wickham. hmm
1: And then, like, everything that happened with Jane with the Bingley's, and she definitely holds Darcy partly responsible for that. She's
0: not so sure, right? She's trying to figure out what his deal was. She thinks it's him. Yeah. As much as it's Charlotte. Not Charlotte. Caroline. hmm But yeah. I think it's... She has a lot of opportunities, because... The The question is broad. How does my cousin behave amongst strangers? And she goes straight to her first big hurt from him. It's dreadful.
1: <laughs> That's funny, though, right? Like, prepare yourself for something dreadful. He doesn't dance with ladies.
0: Yeah. That's it's funny. Well, it's trying to, like... Once again, it's, like, hedging, right? It's, like, almost... over. Like, dreadful is almost overstating it. Totally. It's hypothetical. It's hyperbolic. So that if the cousin is like, oh, that's not that big of a deal, then you still are in on the joke together. Like, I just see her, like, hedging and compensating, like, all around this conversation. I see a very defense. I read a very defensive dialogue. Because of the sarcasm? Because of the hyperbole, because of immediately trying to, like, saying something directly to Darcy and then cutting him off by speaking directly to his cousin before he can respond. And also kind of talking to the cousin, not talking to Darcy, really. I hope she fucking sacks up. (laughs) (laughs) Give me something to believe in, Lizzie.
1: Well, you know,
0: chapter 32 awaits. (laughs) <laughs> uh anything else?
1: No, this is great. Take us home. Obviously, y'all, you need to rethink and loosen your prejudices.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely make like Lizzie and just clutch that pride. <laughs> yeah, that'll that's a, it's a successful gambit. <laughs> it makes you look cool at parties. <laughs> mm-hmm. Woli guacamole, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Womance.
1: Womance is hosted, produced, and edited by my friend Morgan.
0: And by my friend Isabel. Our logo artwork is by another friend, Mary Reichman. You can find her on Instagram at m.reichman, spelled R-E-I-S-C-H-M-A-N-N.
1: Original music by Nick Gravlin. And our webmistress is Jane Bonsack. They're the best.
0: womancemail at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Womance is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts to add to your romance collection at frolic.media backslash podcasts. Until next time.